You're gonna need a bigger boat. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! I'm having an old friend for dinner. You are a toy! She wouldn't even have a fly. You can't handle the truth! I'll be back. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Oh, welcome back to another quarantined episode of Cinematic Blind Spots. I'm Adam. And I'm Josh. And we are starting to go a little stir-crazy, I think. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I certainly am. Like, I was I was excited to leave the house today because some place had chicken thighs on sale. And so I went and bought a whole bunch of them. Like, okay, I, 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 I just have to get out of the house. <laughs> Well, there you go. And like, and it's like my parents and I went. We both like we all carpooled to get there, and um, all three of us getting out of the car with masks on, looking like we're about to go rob a place. <laughs> well, at least you have masks. Yeah, we 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 had some, or my mom actually custom made some. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so yeah, apparently, like the big uh, blue shop towels, they are really good at filtering stuff supposedly oh well there you go yeah at least you're not walking around with tampons on your face oh god oh dude i've seen so many like people of walmart coronavirus edition people walking around with yeah. crazy shit on their heads like this one this one person was literally walking around <laughs> with a plastic bag over their head i'm like i don't no, think I've that's how that the, works I've seen tampons <laughs> yeah yeah like in person or, or or just on on the web on the internet no just on online yeah. oh, okay okay yeah i haven't yeah. seen like like i went like i went to walmart today and not even that many people had masks on so i'm like okay whatever <sighs> well we hope all of you listeners are staying safe and staying quarantined um as the as the amazing um uh, Samuel L. Jackson said in that video clip I tagged you in the other day, just stay the fuck home. <laughs> yep. Let's get through this. Yeah, let's get through this. Let's uh, let's get through and be done with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of it. I don't know when I'm going back to work. This is a uh, surprise. It's kind of getting a little old. So, um, Okay, but anyways, we are here today to talk about movies because what else is there to do right now? <laughs> we are talking about and, and and like with cinematic blind spots that yes the 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 pretty much the deal is it has to be a movie one of us has seen that the other one has not but that does not mean it has to be like an all-time favorite or like something we've been watching our whole lives or a movie that we just genuinely love it could be a no, movie no. that it could be a movie that we just found out about like in this case i didn't know this movie existed before maybe a week ago and maybe a little over a week ago and i saw it and i was like holy shit this is crazy i have to get josh to watch this we need to do an episode on this one <laughs> um the guy I, i've talked about him before the youtuber uh saber spark he's the guy who did that the little like um uh, almost like a documentary on over the garden wall um okay he, he he's the one who who he actually put out on on youtube hey this is the next movie i'm talking about and it had a gif from the movie and i'm just like what the hell is this i've never seen or heard of this movie before but as soon as i looked it up i'm like i'm actually gonna watch this before he does a video uh, does his video on it because it's on youtube the whole thing is on youtube today we are talking about an animated film from 1983 called rock and rule or I think it's uh, it had another name for for another place or another location where it was released. I cannot remember the name of it. I want to say it was something uh, like the Ring of Power or something like something that like doesn't even really uh, okay sound like it has anything to do with the same subject matter. Um, well, I have the work the working title, but it has nothing to do with what it's about. Okay. Well, this <laughs> movie has no Rotten Tomato critic score. But it has an audience score of 72%. Not bad. Yeah, it was a lot higher than I thought it was going to be when I looked at it. I was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I looked at it before I watched it, so. Okay. Uh, this was directed by Clive Smith. And has a budget, or had a budget of $8 million. That's and, crazy. Yes. 
And this movie grossed. That is crazy. On this, movie. <laughs> this movie grossed 30,000. Thousand. thousand. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, wait for wow. it. <laughs> this is, I don't even know if a box office bomb would be enough to, to, to describe that kind of a loss. That is not, that is not one tenth. That is not one hundredth of your budget. This movie has a yeah, fascinating story behind it, unfortunately. It's, it's, it's kind of sad because I feel like this could have been a really good movie if MGM hadn't fucked it up. Um, but anyways, this movie is starring Don Franks as the voice of Mock, the bad guy. And depending on which version you watched, you either have Greg Salata or Paul Lamott as the voice of Omar. And you have Susan Roman as Angel. Now, this movie, if you look it up on Wikipedia, it is credited as being the first animated film produced entirely on Canadian soil. Which yeah. I, I didn't know that was I didn't know that wasn't a thing. Like do they, I guess I, I think part of the movie Heavy Metal was supposed to have been made by some Canadian studio, but they turned it down. Um, or it might have been the company that actually made this movie that was supposed to have worked on Heavy Metal. Uh, this was it was produced by a company called Nelvana, and I knew I recognized that name as soon as I heard it, and as soon as I saw it on the opening credits with the polar bear right beside, I'm like, oh, I know them because they did like um, if, if you're a child of the late '80s, early '90s, you know probably Inspector Gadget and the Care Bears. Um, so that's the company oh, okay. that that's the company that was responsible for this movie, um, and originally they sold it to United Artists. For dist- to, to distribute it. And UA actually liked it. They're like, hey, this is pretty cool. But then MGM bought United Artists. And MGM didn't like the movie. They changed a bunch of stuff. They added bits of animation that weren't there originally. And they, com- like I said earlier, they completely changed the voice actor for Omar. Uh, Paul Lamott was in the original cut and Greg Salato was in the, I guess that you call the United Artists cut. And okay. this is crazy because... There, like, if you look it up on YouTube, you will find different videos comparing different versions of this film because it has different endings. It has different, you know, either it could be like a really big thing or something kind of small. But the original cut has never seen a re-release because it was destroyed in a fire. Mm. Like, that's pretty sad. So I'll never know what the original version of this movie really was. Um, so this movie is kind of like Nelvana's answer to heavy metal. They wanted to get into the adult animation side of things. Um, so they actually had some really good music in this movie because it's, it says on the, on the posters, it's featuring the music of Iggy pop, cheap trick, earth, wind and fire, Lou Reed and Debbie Harry. Now at first I was like, Debbie Harry, who is that? But then I looked her up. Oh, like, yeah, oh, Blondie. Yeah, the lead singer for Blondie. I, I, I never knew. Yeah. I always thought Blondie was the name of the artist, the name of the singer. I didn't realize it was just the name of the band. Oh, no, I knew I knew Deb- Debbie Harry or Deborah Harry, as she went by later, was the lead singer of Blondie. So um, I know you usually do the Who Could Have Been Who segment. And if, you, if there's something that I missed that you found, I would love to hear about it. But I originally, Mick Jagger was supposed to... I don't, I'm not sure if he was supposed to be the voice of Mock or just sing for Mock. But, I mean, when you look at Mock, he looks like Mick Jagger. <laughs> you can easily see Mick Jagger be coming out of this... Mick Jagger's voice coming out of this guy. Uh, but his yeah, solo album... Interesting side note. Mm-hmm. Let's say interesting side note to that was they were going to call Mock Mock Swagger. Right, that was his original name. Mock Swagger instead of Mick right. Jagger. Yeah, and the talent representation of Mick Jagger. It wasn't Mick Jagger himself. It just said his representation came out and said, nope, that's not happening. You're not doing that. Aw, <laughs> too bad. <laughs> um, another choice uh, to, to sing for Mock was was uh, David Bowie, actually. But uh, one of his albums, I can't remember which one, but one of his albums was really taken off at the time. So they finally decided on Lou Reed to be the singing voice for Mock. 
Now, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'd heard of Lou Reed before or any of his songs before this. Uh, before I saw this film, um, but yeah. So buckle up. This is a pretty wild ride. <laughs> I mean, when I whenever I first heard about, it, I'm like, oh, it's only rated PG. That must not be too bad. Wrong. <laughs> Okay. Do you have any of the other names that were considered for mock? Oh no, I didn't know there were other names. Oh, oh, you didn't? No. Who else? I'll start. Yeah, uh, Sting. No way. Tim Curry. Okay, I could totally see. Uh, all the YouTube videos I have watched on this movie in the last week or so, almost every single one of them has had some kind of a comment in the comment section. They'd be like, "I can't believe Tim Curry wasn't the voice of mock." I could absolutely see that. One, okay, this one's the most surprising, at least for me. Michael Jackson. What? <laughs> okay, and yeah. The reason no. they didn't get the reason they didn't get any of these people was they couldn't afford them. I'm like, you have an eight million dollar budget on this. I mean, this is just. I mean, like you said, obviously all the troubles. I didn't look at that. I didn't know all that because mm-hmm. this movie does not look like eight million dollars. Well, I mean, when you figure this is... in the 80s. Well, when you figure this is hand-drawn animation for 90% of the... Probably 98% of the film. There are some very old CG graphics in here, but it's not... It is nothing compared to what we are used to today. All of it is hand-drawn, and especially since they went back and re... Like, when when MGM bought United Artists, they went back and reanimated certain parts of the film and, and added things to it. Um, so maybe that had something to do with it. But well, I mean, I all of those of guys also, were... Pro- I'm sorry, go ahead. I say, I know part of it is probably... I know that, like, the whole band, they, like, uh, videoed four members of a real band and videoed them performing so they could get all the movements to be drawn out right. Uh-huh. I know uh-huh. they built they built actual sets with the vehicles which, so that they could crash them certain ways so they could get that right really so i know they did yeah i read that as well so they did do extra stuff that obviously went into that budget so okay well where did you find that information i'd like to read more about that was that on wikipedia uh no i get uh i, I normally look up imdb trivia oh, okay okay i'll have to look that up now like a- i have one more voice that almost happened oh the uh the character of Stretch uh-huh. was originally voiced by Howie Mandel. No way. Really? And what happened was, yeah, he moved out to California and they were like, nope, we're making this, like you said, all Canadian. They didn't want him to be in California, so they just said, screw it, and redubbed all the lines he had already done because he had already completed about half the movie. Huh. Well, I doubt this is one of those where the... Where the star would be like, oh, I regret not being a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Unfortunately, this, um, yeah. like we said, this film was. Well, you know, the, that, that leads us to the, the working title. Yes. Kinda, what was the working title? Some working title kind of sums up the movie. Ah, drats. <laughs> that's. Ah, drats. That's the, that's the working title of the movie. I didn't know that. <laughs> Wow. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, at least it's not. Well, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's well, the PG version? <laughs> okay, the PG version is Audrath. The, the R-rated cut would be, oh, well, shit. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It was like someone someone was asking the, the, the head of Nelvana, hey, what should we call this movie? He just goes, well, shit. <laughs> Oh, man. So, I mean, this movie starts with this black screen and an opening credit, almost kind of a scroll, like a Star Wars kind of a thing. And again, depending on which version of the movie you're watching, it's a different scroll. The one, the version I sent you. Oh, okay. Yeah, the version I sent you Mm -hmm. says, the war was over. The only survivors were street animals, dogs, cats, and rats. From them, (laughs) a new race of mutants evolved. That was a long time ago. So, like, and that's another um, parallel a lot of people were making was that this movie looks like something 
from like a uh, a Disney movie, like a uh, like um uh, was a Goofy movie. Um, so yeah, like all these the way the way that some of these characters are animated looks kind of kind of funny. Um, it dep- if you're watching the other version, it says um. Another time, let's see, let me finish reading the first one, the first scroll. Okay, so it says, that was a long time ago. Mock, a legendary super rocker, has retired to Ohm Town. There, his computers work at deciphering an ancient code which would unlock a doorway between this world and another dimension. Obsessed with his dark experiment, Mock himself searches for the last crucial component, a very special voice. Now, in the other version, it says, Another time, another place. Mock, a legendary super rocker, has retired to Ometown, a remote storm-ravaged village famous for its unique power plant. Hence the name Ometown. It is here that he lays his plans for his comeback, a great and final performance that will secure his immortality. High in the hills above Ometown, Mock's computers work at deciphering an ancient satanic code which could unlock a doorway between his world and a darker dimension, while Mock himself searches for the last crucial component. <clears throat> a very special voice. Um, so, yeah, just right there, you've got one that gives you a lot more information than the other one does. Um... So yeah, we got an opening with lots of thunder and lightning, and we see Mock's home and his henchmen are like unpacking. They're tra- they're lamenting all the traveling they've been doing, looking for this special voice, and they still haven't found anything. And this voice says that they have one more show to go to in town. Okay, so the guy's like, "Okay, I'll get the car." That's some very sinister sounding synth music. This is this this is one thing that's kind of interesting. The last animated film we did was a steampunk movie. This one would probably fall into cyberpunk. Um, so we got two different punk genres of uh, science fiction here. So this car, this big black car, is pulling through town, and Mock is in the backseat. You can't see him. All you can see is his eyes. These white eyes and a black uh, background. And the, the Mock's computer is reporting that his record sales are dropping. And they aren't making any progress on the experiment either. The computer is still decoding the Armageddon key. And uh, it says the, com- the computer tells Mock that, that it's designed a ring that will identify the right voice when he hears it. And that one voice will bring Mock a powerful being from another dimension, a scientific breakthrough for him, and an unforgettable magic show for the masses. So his car stops in front of a club called Mylars, M-Y-L-A-R-S, Mylars that is hosting a talent night. And this is where we meet Omar as he prepares for his band to go on stage. Omar is... Did Omar look familiar to you? Did he look familiar to me? Yeah. Was he uh, Was he based on somebody? Yes. They who said was, he was modeled after a, an old actor. Who would that be? James Dean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would not quite have... I mean, I guess James Dean, if he had a, a nose like a dog. That, I don't... That's... That, that, that's... Hey, I didn't see it either. Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, I guess you could say any like supposedly, you know, devilishly handsome young man character is could be modeled after James Dean. But uh, Omar is the least likable character in this film. He's just kind of a dick, like all the time. And we find that right here in the very beginning because he's preparing to go on. He's practicing. But Angel wants Omar to let her play one of her songs on the set, too. So he's like, okay, you'll play one of your songs, and we'll, then we'll play one of my songs, right? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. So they go on stage. Well, well, first, the current act is leaving the stage, and there are four guys all dressed the same that look an awful lot like Ziggy Stardust. Did you not? Did you notice that? I did not actually. Yeah, all they've all got the white face and then like the the red uh, lightning bolts up the side of their face and red hair. Um, oh, okay. 
Yeah, and 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 Mylar, the host, <laughs> he he has this line. It's great. He says, "Fabuloso, guys! I too love the sound of cats in boiling water." <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, they weren't very good. Um, we also meet Dizzy and Stretch, the drummer and the bassist for, I guess, their band. I don't, I don't think their band even has a name. Um, they're they're pretty much yeah, just the comic know. relief of the movie. Um, yes. Yeah. Now. When they start playing, at first Omar's band is playing a cheap trick song called Born to Raise Hell. Which, I mean, this is not what I think of when I think of cheap trick. When I think of cheap trick, I think of, I want you to want me. That's what I think about. This this sounds like hair metal. And it sounds pretty cool, but like the song is all singing about, I don't need you. You know, you like, I I hate this town. I don't need you. Blah, 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 blah. Just not a very, uh, not very... Uh, warm and fuzzy, I guess. Um, now, Mylar doesn't like them, so he just cuts the power in the middle of the song. <coughs> and Omar threatens him to turn the power back on, but and then wants to play the same song, but Angel reminds Omar that she wanted to play one of her songs. Omar Omar doesn't care. He just starts to play his song again anyway. So Omar, So the Angel and the band just start playing her song. And her song is more of like, you know, kind of basically saying like, what do I have to do to get your attention? Pretty much. Um, how, how, how can I get you to, to, uh, I guess to care more or something. Then, uh, and yeah, this was a song sung by Debbie Harry. Unfortunately, like I, I think the, the soundtrack to this movie was only ever released on like a promotional cassette tape back in the eighties. So probably never oh. going to find that one on MP3. Um, now Omar just does this big diva thing. He gets pissed and just walks off the stage in the middle of the song. And while Mylar is listening to them play, he gets word that Mock is in his club and he's, he's trying to schmooze with Mock. He's like, Oh, I'm not one of your biggest fans, but Mock is only interested in hearing Angel sing because the ring starts to react to her singing. And uh, Mylar's saying, oh, yeah, I'm gonna, we're, we're going to be working with Mock. We're going to make a ton of money. But Mock is gone as soon as the song ends. We still haven't even gotten a look at his face. Um, and Mylar mentions to Dizzy and Stretch that Mock was interested in him. And Stretch gets freaked out. He gets freaked out. He thinks that, that Mock would, would put a hex on him or something. Um, so we don't really know much about this Mock character, except that people either love him or fear him, one or the other. Um now, Omar is sulking outside. So he at least heard her performance. He at least heard Angel singing. Um, but Omar, Dizzy, and Stretch leave the venue wondering where Angel is. And, oh, she left by herself, apparently. But Mock is following them. And while they're driving, Stretch sees a car in his rearview mirror and freaks out, thinking that it's Mock, but it was just a cop. So, again... Why is, why is, I mean, this guy's a musician. Why is he so scary? I can think of a lot of scary yeah. musicians, but if I was driving and saw a car in my rearview mirror, I wouldn't be like, oh, it's Marilyn Manson or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, Omar finds Angel and she's mad at him for leaving, but he tells her that her song was really good. So they walk off together and we still see that they're being watched from Mock's car. Uh, next thing they're they're making out in some car not just not their car but it's like uh, like all these cars are hover cars but the one that they're in is up on blocks so <laughs> even even in the future apparently you know cars have to sit on blocks whenever they're they're not being used whenever they're too junky to be used um now one of Mock's thugs, just big guys, just tears the roof open, and Omar tries to fight him off to absolutely no effect. But uh, the thug gives a- Angel an invitation to Mock's place, and Angel thinks this would be a great opportunity for their band. So the next day, they're heading up to Mock's place, and we get a really cool view of Ohmtown. It looks like a giant circuit board. I mean, I guess the name Ohmtown would be like an electrical pun, so yeah, it should look like a circuit board. Um... Omar's trying to act like he's not impressed that they're about to meet this super rocker. And he's like, nope, I'm just going to stay in the car. I'm going to stay in the car. I don't care. 
Now, when the door opens, we meet another goon that looks like the other two we've met so far. But then Omar is suddenly there just making an ass out of himself. Like talking to this guy like he's Mock or something. Yep. Um, and then we meet the third goon who, who escorts them to the living room. Now we actually get to meet Mock. He makes his entrance through some kind of magic trick or something, like all these flashing lights, and he just kind of materializes there holding a beer. Like, anyone want a beer? And he introduces his three henchmen as, the I think, the roller skating Snooker Brothers? Is that what he called them? I think that's, I think that's what he said, okay. yeah. Toad, who is the mean one, Sleazy, who is the dumb one, and Zip, who is the really dumb one. <laughs> Zip is like a little kid, you know, <laughs> kind of like the three students here. Um, now, mm-hmm. Mock does look like a caricature of Mick Jagger. His lips are huge, almost like a character by themselves. Um, now, as soon as he shows up, Mock moves in on Angel, asking her what she thought of his last album. And she's like, oh, I loved it. And Omar has this line. He says, I bought it, too. My gerbil uses it as a room divider. <laughs> <laughs> now um, now mock does not appreciate anybody else here except for angel so he tells his goons to bring out the edison balls and he's like i'm sure you're into reaching new levels of consciousness so these guys you know like, apparently drugs of the future you don't even have to take them they just you just like hold them and they make you go and they make you get high <laughs> so while they're doing that mock escorts angel outside but dizzy does not get high with the rest of them. He kind of sneaks off to see what happened to Angel. Uh, And Mock is talking to Angel in the garden about understanding the power of magic. And he said his last concert wasn't sold out. He wants to show the masses the real power, but he needs Angel's help. Just her, not the rest of the band. Um... And, and she's like, but yeah, my band. He's like, oh, your band isn't going anywhere. You're going to be stuck in hometown forever. Well, I'm offering you everything. Now, she refuses, but he's not taking no for an answer. Like, I don't know what he's doing here. If he's like causing her to hallucinate or what, but she picks up some flower and like these tentacles yeah. or something come <laughs> shooting out of it. We hear angels. Yeah, because I was like, are these tiny little snakes or what? Yeah, I don't know what the hell they were. But yeah, All- you're right. Like, to, yeah. All we hear is Angel scream, and then we see her on the floor. And Mock says, you'll bring me my demon, whether you like it or not. And he tells the brothers to, you know, kick the other visitors out. Now, I forgot to mention earlier, but the, the guy who does the voice for Mock, I looked up I looked him up on his, uh, his IMDb, and I've seen one other thing that had his voice in it, and that was an old show from Nickelodeon called My Dad is a Rockstar. Um, it was actually a show that was executive produced by Gene Simmons <laughs> based on, based on, great. based on a real occurrence, something that actually happened to his son. They were like having a career day where, you know, a kid would come up with, uh, to come up to the front of the class with a, a toothbrush and be like, Oh, my dad's a dentist or, you know, bring up a law book. Oh, my mommy's a lawyer. Well, this kid, Gene Simmons son brings up a poster of Gene Simmons in full kiss garb, spitting fire and blood out of his mouth. He's like, this is my dad. <laughs> Okay, so, and anybody I don't remember that show i it, it it had like two seasons i think well they only released one part of a season on dvd but i actually was looking it up and you can watch it on tubi now right now so if anyone wants a, oh, a fun little uh, diversion family friendly heavy metal diversion yeah my dad is a rock star is, is, is streaming on tubi uh, tubi has everything they do they've got a lot of stuff <laughs> I, re- I, mean, I need to watch more stuff on tubi um, yeah, they got a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Omar, Stretch, and Dizzy are all thrown out of, of Mock's house. Now, but, but first, you know, Omar and Stretch are stoned watching these old holograms. And this is one freaky-ass hologram. Um, but the animation is pretty amazing. That was not CG. That was hand-drawn animation. Um, and uh, Mock is, this guy's like a, it says he's a legendary super rocker, but he's more like a super villain because he's got his own personal Zeppelin built into his mansion. Um, yep. Omar, Dizzy, and Stretch just get tossed into their car and Toad and Zip tell Dizzy that Angel is going to nuke York with Mock. And then they push their car down the hill. Um, 
on the way down the hill, Dizzy's trying to keep from killing anyone because like because uh because uh, Dizzy or uh, Stretch and, and Omar are still too stone. Um, and I we, you see this. There's a few times where you see these things that kind of contradicts the whole opening crawl, saying that like dogs, cats, and rats uh, evolved into these new mutants. Because here we see just a normal dog, not a humanoid one. <laughs> I mean, did he not evolve? I don't know. Uh, maybe so, it only affected some. Maybe, yeah, maybe it only affected some. But yeah, the, this car is crashing through town, coming down this hill. Dizzy's just trying not to kill anybody. You see this guy and a girl kind of standing on the side of the road, and they hug a wall to keep from getting hit, but the guy grabs the girl's chest, and, and she slaps him. Like, hey, that was an accident. Um, and finally, the car crashes into a fountain and is destroyed. Now, Omar sees, or like, stretches like, Look, they're leaving. He points up to this big Zeppelin in the sky. And Omar's like, oh, well, Angel ditched us. She owes us an explanation. And then this cop shows up. I guess it was the same cop that Stretch saw earlier. Um, talking, I don't, I don't know. It was like they, I guess they were trying to have kind of like an officer. What, what was it? Officer Crumkey from the West Side Story. You know, kind of a dumb, haphazard cop. Uh that, that, that maybe had some kind of like a rivalry going with the main characters. I don't know, but this guy does not really have a point to the story, except in this case, providing transportation because their car is destroyed. Yep. <laughs> their car is destroyed. And they're like, Oh, it's going to be a three day drive to New York or to Nuke York. So they um, basically steal this cop's car while he's quote unquote collecting evidence. And this was, I thought was an interesting contrast because everything in, in hometown was really dark and really dreary looking, but now they're driving through all this sunny, like desert landscape as they drive to Nuke York. Um, and I, I'm not sure if this was a, if this was another cheap trick song or not, but it was, a, it was a fun one. This, this movie has a fun soundtrack. I really like it. Uh, now they stop outside of Nuke York. There's been a power outage and they get busted trying to sneak in. So what I don't understand is they get busted trying to sneak in, but they, Take them in anyway? I don't know. Because they both, because all of them end up inside Nuke York. Um, now, I guess Mock's uh, Nuke York headquarters is inside what used to be Radio City Music Hall, because it actually says that on the uh, on the, uh, the marquee. And Angel is being locked up when she hears a voice coming from the air ducts. This woman's voice, and she talks like this. She, she, this character reminded me so much of Harley Quinn, it was not even funny. Because she talks like Harley Quinn. She's got pigtails like Harley Quinn. She is not built like Harley Quinn, but good Lord. <laughs> this is Cinderella. You meet Cinderella, or at least you first, you meet her ass coming out of the air ducts. You see her, you know, she, she's, she has a tattoo of a heart with wings on her ass cheek. Um, and this is, this is the sister of Toad, Zip, and Sleazy. So apparently they're, you know, three brothers and a sister. Um... She's, she talks she's, she talks like Harley Quinn. She's also wearing roller skates. Yeah, I forgot to mention, all of these, all three of these brothers are wearing roller skates. Don't know why, but they are. Uh, right, you, you did say they were the roller skating brothers. So. Oh, yeah, 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 I did say that. Yeah. Well, they all have roller skates. Yeah. They all use that as, yeah. their, uh, as their mode of transportation. Now, I mean, so for some reason, Cinderella here is locked up inside this tower don't really know why. I mean, I guess she says her brother is too protective of her, but she's trying. She wants to sneak out to, you know, go have some fun. So she and Angel sneak out through the vents, through the air ducts, which how this woman fits inside these air ducts, I have no idea. Um, I don't know, but I did have to laugh because, like you said, her name's Cinderella, and she she makes it a point to say, I have to be back by midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has to be back in her bedroom by midnight because that's when Toad comes to check on her. Um and that's Cinderella for you. Yep. Now, as they are crawling through the ducts, Angel overhears Mock talking to his computer. And the Armageddon key has been decoded. <clears throat> if Angel sings this, it will open a, a doorway through which the being can enter. And Mock is, you know, he looks... He, I, I will say, I like that he does not look the same throughout this entire movie. He goes through costume changes and, you know, his, his hair changes colors, apparently, for some reason. But he's he's sitting there going, oh, this is amazing. Nothing can stop me. And even his computer is like, 
cliche, Mock. You can be stopped. <laughs> it's like even your computer is like a very self-aware knowing, yeah, that's very cliche. Um, it says that a force can send the being back by the magic of one voice, one heart, and one song. So Mock thinks it means one person. And he's like, well, find out who this person is who can send it back. And the computer says, no one can send it back. So he's like, oh, okay, I'll be okay. Nobody can send this thing back through. Now, Omar and company, apparently they did get into Nuke York because now they're in some tattoo parlor, which is apparently owned by Dizzy's aunt, who is busy tattooing her client. This guy is getting yes. a... a <laughs> I could think of worse. I mean, I, I could think of better things to get tattooed on a bald head. He's getting a topless mermaid tattooed on his bald head. Like, why do you think that's a good idea? Um, now, Omar's like, oh, yeah, we're concerned about Angel. Well, she tells him about Cinderella. The aunt tells him about Cinderella and the winged heart tattoo she has that she hangs and that she hangs around a club downtown. Uh, and as the client leaves, he calls Toad because apparently this guy, like, used to do business with Toad or something and screwed something up. And he's like, hey, I'm trying to make things right with you. These guys are looking for your sister. And they said that she'll be at Club 666. How subtle is that? <laughs> and then the guy's like, so are we, are we, are we, uh, are we clear? Are we good? And Toad's like, yeah, we're good. And somehow manages to electrocute this guy through the phone. Yeah, I wish I, I wish I could do that. No, no telemarketer would ever call me again. Or robocaller, either. <laughs> now, Mock is like, okay, let's go get her, but don't, he's like, don't, don't just, don't just go grab them. He says, bring what's-her-face to the club. Bring old what's-her-face. Now, this, this club scene, I absolutely loved. If I was a drug-taking guy, I would totally get high and watch this scene. Uh, but Cindy and Angel arrive at the club and the doorman is busy shooting up mutants who are trying to get into the club. Like just, you know, this one guy gets shot and just kind of starts melting away as like as, as Cindy and Angel or Cinderella and Angel are going into this club. It's an anti-gravity club. Um, and the, some of the animation in this scene is really cool. Dizzy and Stretch are there. They're trying to find this tattoo, which I'm like, why didn't Dizzy's aunt just tell them what Cinderella looked like instead of telling her what kind of <laughs> telling them what kind of tattoo she had? Because like Dizzy is discreetly trying to dance around and look to see if someone has the tattoo they're looking for, while Stretch is just like crawling around everywhere, looking up dresses and and under uh, under tables and whatnot. Um, Dizzy checks out what he, you know, what turns out to be a guy. And, uh, and then he gets flashed by some girl in a trench coat. Um, Stretch ends up sliding under one table and coming face to ass with Cinderella, then realizes they found Angel too. Because she's there. You know? So, so like, okay, um, you, and, and, and Dizzy's like, okay, well, you stay here and watch them. I'm going to go get Omar. But then Stretch gets grabbed by one of the brothers. Um... Cinderella gets up to dance to this song that's playing. She says this is her song, and the actual name of this song is Hot Dogs and Sushi, which is, kind of makes sense <laughs> of why it sounds the way that it does. It, this, it, it sounds just utterly bizarre. But then Angel gets grabbed by one of the other brothers. Dizzy and Omar, like, like, like Cinderella looks over her shoulder and sees uh, Toad, and he's like making motions her to get out. She's like, okay. So she, Dizzy and Omar see her leaving, and follow her into a very foggy blue setting. I mean, it's nighttime when they got here, wasn't it? But now it's all like walking through a cloud. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, now Omar hears Angel's voice and follows it. Um, but Diz And Dizzy's with him, but then Dizzy gets snatched up while Omar's looking for Angel. He then finds Mock with Angel. And Angel's all like hanging all over Mock. Like, she's really happy to be with him. And Omar just, like, screams and runs away. That's literally all he does. <laughs> now, and this part, like, mocks, like, excellent performance, my dear. What's her face? And he, like, puts his face on Angel's, or puts his hand on Angel's face and pulls her face off. And the person underneath looks like <laughs> Gollum on meth. That's, and she's like, oh, it's a pleasure to serve you, Mock. 
or something like that. And this and Mock just like tosses this mask, this empty mask of Angel's face away. And it just comes like looming out of the darkness. And this is like one of the creepiest th- parts of this movie. Like the first time I saw it, I'm like, ugh, that is really weird. <laughs> So, the next day, back at Mock HQ, I guess, Angel is refusing to sing Oh, no, for... no, you, you... Oh, did I, did I skip I something? I have got... I, you skip one, There's one little line, because I couldn't believe they've got... Oh, oh, the all work here. and no play makes Mock and a no dull boy, or something like that. Mock a dull boy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The exact yes, line he's... from The Shining, except yeah, for Mock. Yeah, because he's like, oh, yes, good, clean fun. So, I, yeah, I guess this is his idea of getting out and having fun. Um... So, um, the next day, Angel is still at Mock HQ, and Mock, you know, she's refusing to, to sing for him. But when, but then Mock's like, oh, okay, well, what about this? And she sees that Omar and the boys are being tortured by Mock. She changes their mind. She changes her mind, I guess. Yeah. So they take them to the what, bus. What are they in right here? I don't know. It's some kind of, like, force field or something that's being, like... Yeah. I guess you'd call it like a stasis field because they're just floating in this big red or pink orb and like lightning and stuff is being shot into it. So I guess, yeah, they're being electrocuted or something. Um, so the next day they take them to the bus depot and they and their brains appear to be fried. They're all acting weird. You know, Dizzy takes off yeah, his box. Dis- <laughs> Was it Dizzy that moved angels? Yeah, yeah. He like take he like pulls his pants off or takes his pants down to take his boxers off to wave goodbye. Like bon voyage. <laughs> and um, so yeah, the, the bus takes them back to hometown. Now we see a poster for Mock's performance that that's supposed to be coming this yeah this um it's coming soon. It, it looked like I think it's supposed to be Carnegie Hall, but the way it's spelled looks yes, like yeah. Carnage Hall. Oh, okay. I didn't see the eye. Yeah, in it I wrote anywhere. Carnegie Hall. Okay. Oh, okay. I wrote Carnegie. You might be right then. I, I wrote Carnegie Hall. Okay. Now we get brief glimpses of Angel singing and Mock watching, but then there's an explosion. Now the first time I saw this, this was really confusing to me. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Where where are we now? What's going on? Because we got a newscaster talking about a power surge that destroyed Carnegie Hall during Mock's concert. Um. Like you see, you see people like trying to sell T-shirts called, you know, to say like I survived the explosion at Mock's concert or something like that. I'm like, wait, what the hell just happened? So Mock is talking to his computer and the computer tells him that the being destroyed Carnegie Hall, but did not come all the way through. Nuke York apparently doesn't have enough power to let it through. But Ometown does. So back to Ometown. Like, you would think a place called Nuke York would have enough power yeah. for whatever it is he's trying to do. Um, but now, now this, I felt, was really out of place, because this is where we get Mock's musical number. And it's just oh him. Oh, my goodness. I, th- I thought it was a great number, don't get me wrong. It was, But it was just him, you know, talking about himself. Like, this would have been a great way to introduce Mock, like, at the beginning of the movie. I think, personally. Yeah. My name is Mock. Thanks a lot. Yeah, my name is Mock. Thanks a lot. I know you love the things I've got. And at one point he says, I'm the biggest thing since World War III. World War III, yeah. Okay, you got a very high opinion of yourself. (laughs) Now, I could totally see this song being performed by Mick Jagger. Now, at the end of the song, Mock seems to be like waking up from a drug trip or something. And Zip, the, the really dumb brother is watching a cartoon show called uncle Mikey's cartoon show. It's like some kind of educational show, I guess. But, but, but when you look at it, it looks almost like the, the style of animation almost looks like something from early day South park to me, at least. <laughs> um, and, 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 and uncle Mikey's talking about, can you tell the difference between good and evil? And he's like showing these examples like evil. And it's this guy shooting a cow with a cannon. Like, or good. And it shows a guy, I guess he's like giving a cow food or something. And then, or evil. And then the cow, and then the guy's like chasing the cow around with an axe. <laughs> like, so Zip asks Mock the difference between good and evil. And Mock is just like, oh, we've evolved beyond that. We don't know. We don't know. There are no black and white, blah, blah, blah. 
and um, and and Zip is like, well, well, Blythe, are we evil? And and, and Mark says, evil spelled backwards is live, and we all want to do that. Now, I just love the way Uncle Mikey on the TV show says this. He's like, so until next week, boys and girls, goodbye and be good. <laughs> I just love the way he says that. Now we get another scene between Mock and Angel. And she is trying to convince Mock that she's like in love with him, saying like, oh, we can run away. We can go anywhere. And Mock, at one point, he's like, yes, we could go to Fiji or to Disney. Disneyland. <laughs> or Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island. Island. Yeah. Yep. I didn't know Fantasy Island was a real place. Um, <laughs> but Mock is, you know, he, he, he is like, he knows she's bullshitting him and says that she will sing. And she's like, no, I'm not going to sing for you. And he like grabs her by the throat and starts choking yeah. her. And like the screen goes yep. black and you hear Mock just screaming off. Like not even really, can't even really tell what she's, what he, what he is saying. But then, like, well, it sounds like you hear things breaking in the background too. Yeah, on the screen yeah, you, you hear stuff like that too. But then, like, one of the the brothers comes, like, looking. I guess this is like Mock's wardrobe or something. Like looking around, and he sees Mock in there, and Mock says, "She can sing or she can scream," but she still pissed me off. <laughs> okay, who wrote that line? I don't know. So they're going to do this concert at the power plant in Ometown. He says to drug the girl and wire her to the circuit board. Yeah. So I guess Ometown really is supposed to look like a circuit board. Um, now, Omar and company are still, you know, messed up. They're still playing at Mylar's, but now they're called Omar and the Daycares. And they're not rockers anymore. They're singing like really acoustic ballads, I guess. Now, Mylar, the rat, is still there. He wants to know where Angel is. He's not happy because Angel is not with them anymore because he thought they were going to be a duo and they were going to make a lot of money. Now, for the concert. There's, like, all these people have showed up. Mock is, like, he, I, he's, like, flying on some kind of pipe organ thing. That's about all I can, can describe it as. It's really weird looking. And Angel is indeed chained up and singing, but not of her own accord. This thing around her neck is making her sing. Now, a, a freaking pentagram, just giant pentagram, yeah. starts to light up on the stage floor, but then it flickers. They still need more power. So they put up a lightning rod and get more power from a lightning strike, then dump the rest of the power out onto Ometown, which blows all of the lights out up to Mylar's and zaps Omar and the daycares. And, and Stretch has this line. It's probably my favorite line from him for the whole movie. He's like, hey, Omar, I had this really weird dream where you were a nice guy. And, and Omar's just like, get serious. Like, even the, even, the, even the characters in this movie know that Omar's just a dick. He really is. Um, so they're all back to normal now, and they see a, perform, a poster for Mock's uh, performance. And Omar doesn't care about getting Angel back. He thinks that she wants to be with Mock because somehow he can still remember seeing the um, what's-her-face as Angel hanging all over Mock. Um, and the cop from earlier shows up again and tries to bust them again, but Omar disappears, and then Dizzy and Stretch steal his car again. So, like I said, he, this guy just kind of exists to provide them with transportation. <laughs> um... Now, this glowing pentagram on the floor has, like, turned into a column of light shooting up into the sky. You can see it from everywhere, apparently. So, this is where the being, quote-unquote, comes in. This monster, this demon. And the animation of this thing is awesome. It looks so cool. Because it's, you know, again, all traditional hand-drawn animation. And it's going through all these different transformations. At one point, it's like spitting out zombie babies or something. I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> um, but Dizzy and Stretch come crashing onto the stage in this cop car just in time to see this demon come all the way out of the portal. And it the, this thing actually eats a few members of the audience. And again, this was, this was one of the things that I was talking about with there being different versions of this movie. I was looking at a thing comparing all some of the endings like some of the some of the three different endings and 
there were people commenting, yeah, I heard there was a there was a version of this movie where the, where the demon eats some of the audience members. And everyone's like, well, I've never seen that. I didn't know that was there. I'm like, it's right here on YouTube. What the hell? Why does this movie have so many different versions? Hmm. Um, but Mock is screaming. He's like, yes, my vengeance! Destroy them all! So... His motives this whole time, his whole reason for wanting to summon this demon is to destroy and kill and cause mayhem because his last concert wasn't sold out? Is that really why he's trying to do this? He's got quite an ego. Yeah. Now, it looks like the demon is about to eat Angel when Omar shows up and he cuts her free with... He has his guitar and he cuts her free with his guitar. Which, you know, like an, like an axe, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> this the demon blasts him with something, some kind of energy or something, but Zip jumps in the way. Omar gets knocked out and Zip gets, like, thrown off to the side. Toad comes over... You know, it's like, oh, Zip, why'd you do it? And Zip says he did it for Uncle Mikey and for us. He's like, we're not evil. I did it for us. Now, and I thought this was really dramatic. The wheel on his skate stops spinning. And we see now that, so I guess like that's, 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 that's the sign that Zip is dead. Because his, 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 his roller skates have stopped moving. But Toad is really pissed. He's like crying, but you can tell he's really angry at the same time. The angel looks up at the demon and says, if I can sing it up, I can sing it back. Back. So she starts singing her song from the beginning of the movie. And at first, like the, the demon is still like moving up on her. But then Omar joins in. And that's what starts to defeat the demon. So I guess that's what the that's what the computer meant by one voice, one song, one heart, or whatever. Like I guess it meant like yeah. unified. Because right. Mach is because Mach is freaking. I was like, no, you can't defeat my demon. You can't defeat him now. I was like, apparently he yeah he was he misunderstood things. Now Mach is freaking out, and Toad throws him down the portal, Emperor Palpatine style. You know, Darth Vader, Emperor Palpatine style. And what I can't get over is the crowd at the end, at this concert, now that the demon's gone, the crowd is cheering like this was all part of the show. Like people didn't just die, you know, people weren't just eaten by this giant demon thing. Um, And again, different versions of the, of the ending had um had Mylar showing up at the end and he's like, "Oh yeah, this was great. I I put this this duo together. Yeah, they're my they're my people." Um and he says, uh, "That's the one I watched." Oh, yeah, well well he he did say that, but then at the but then he said something like, "Oh yeah, don't worry about Mock. He's backstage." Or no, he said something like like, "Thank you, Mock, wherever you are." And then he kind of like wipes his wipes his uh, his brow with a handkerchief like, "No, no, we're just kidding. He's just backstage." <laughs> um so yeah, the song continues as the camera pans out from the big tower where I guess this was the the uh, power plant and roll credits. So I thought this was a pretty insane movie to have never like to have never heard of this. Um, it was it was apparently like well we know it was an absolute absolute bomb at the box office. Um, and uh, I'm wondering, did it even get a real release? I think it got like a release in Boston or something like one city. Like MGM <laughs> released it in one oh city goodness. in one, um, maybe in one theater. I don't know. Um, but uh, apparently, even in Canada, where it was originally made, it was only shown on TV. It was not shown in theaters anywhere. Um, now you can find the, there is another version on YouTube that has better picture quality, but the one we watched has better sound quality in my opinion. Um, okay. And, and yeah, even the one I with the picture quality wasn't fantastic. No, it was but pretty was bad like, oh, in some places. YouTube, so. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, 
but, but like there there were some places where you could barely even tell what you were looking at. Um, right. It was just like dark blobs moving across the screen because so much of this movie takes place at night where it's all dark. Um, but uh, yeah, this was just a really interesting st- backstory for a movie, in my opinion. I thought it was like, and uh, apparently. At one point, it was like the only way you could get it was on bootleg VHS. And, you know, the only way you could find those were at comic conventions. And people were selling them. And people thought that this was a Ralph Bakshi movie at one point. Like, at one point, they were saying, yeah, this is mm. this is a movie by the same guy who brought us Fritz the Cat and Coonskin. Um, which it wasn't. But uh, apparently, with it being on YouTube now, it has, like, found new life. I actually looked up... Um, if this had ever been put on DVD or Blu-ray, and it has, but you cannot find them for a reasonable price. I think I found one of the Blu-rays. Apparently a company called Unearthed Films um, found it and put it on DVD, okay. and then yep. years later put it on Blu-ray. Those Blu-rays will run you 150 bucks for a used copy. But you can buy a streaming copy of it on Amazon. Yeah, you can find it on Amazon. I actually did go on on eBay and found um, a collector's edition for like forty five bucks of the DVD that had that has I think both the I think it has both the cuts that we that, that you can find on YouTube. Plus, it also has some really cool packaging. That should get here in the mail today, oh, okay. actually. Um, oh, so you okay? You did order. Yeah, I did order it. <laughs> I uh, sometimes like when I discover something that I've like never heard of, and like, oh my gosh, how did I not know this was a thing? I I kind of become obsessed with it. So I was like, I have to have this in my collection. Where can I find a reasonably priced copy of it? And I did. So thank God for thank God for that. Um, so this movie being as weird as it was, and as it. it, it like I've said before, it's not a great movie. The story is pretty lacking. The most interesting character in the movie is the villain, is Mock. Yep. Um, Angel wasn't super interesting. Omar was just an asshole up until the very end. And, and whenever he finally changes, his, his transformation, his change was just so cheap and so quick, it did not have any real feeling to it. Um... But uh, the animation was really good. I think some of the character designs were a little off, whereas, you know, Omar and Angel looked pretty humanoid. You had characters like the, the, the Snooker brothers and Cinderella who just looked really cartoony and weird when you, when you, when you see them side by side with other characters in this movie. But... Um, so no, it is not a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination, but damned if it's not a fun one. <laughs> I, I I really enjoyed this movie, and it has a it has a great soundtrack. I'll say that again. Yeah, they're pretty good songs. Yeah, hopefully if um hopefully if it starts to gain enough traction, we'll get maybe another a newer Blu-ray release of it, or uh, or uh, maybe maybe a release of the soundtrack or something. <laughs> Yeah, you're not kidding. I looked up that Blu-ray and it is two hundred and fifty dollars. Is that does that say if that's brand new or if it's used? It says new. Yeah, I would have to imagine it'd be new. But I mean, it's not. It's shipped by a you know a third party. Uh huh. Okay. But well, but it if does you say do- new by it. Okay. Well, if you don't want to spend two hundred fifty dollars on a Blu-ray, this movie is on YouTube for free. Just Google "Rock and Rule." This movie is only like at at the shortest, at the longest, it's an hour and twenty one minutes long. But um, you will find two of the three versions of this film that you can find, that you can watch. So you can watch them both and decide which one you like the best. Yeah, there you go. You can yeah. you can also stream it on Amazon for twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know which version it they have. Like, it looks like the uh, the one we watched, the seventy eight minute, but the hour eighteen minute version. Okay. It's, yeah, it doesn't look like it has both or anything. Okay. <clears throat> so what are we going to be talking about next week, Josh? Well, it's back to you because I did two in a row, so you got to make up before we get back to normal. Oh. So. Okay, well, I guess I will have to decide <laughs> what we're going to watch next week. <laughs> we're going to talk about next week. 
Um, let's see. Summer is coming. Maybe this would be a good time to do Summer Wars. Another animated film. I am making up from for not watching for not making is you that watch streaming? any cartoons. I don't know if it's okay, streaming right anywhere now or not, we... but if it's not, I've got yeah, the Blu-ray. You can borrow it. Um, well, actually, no. With all this social distancing, <laughs> I was gonna say for right now we got to look at streaming options, and then we'll get to those. Okay. Well, I'm sure you could find a, a torrent of it somewhere. So that is gonna wrap up this episode of Cinematic Blind Spots. I'm Adam, and I'm Josh. And always remember, whether you're in your car or in your theater, which you're probably not in your theater right now if you're listening to this, you're probably streaming at home, but um, always check your blind spots. And you guys, stay safe, stay indoors, let's uh, let's try and knock out this COVID-19. Motherfucker, hate this thing. <laughs> but you guys take care, and we will see you next time.